Here we are locked on NFL alongside former NFL scout Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. It is a Fantasy Friday on today's program. We are going to break down the rather large wide receiver position, and there's a lot of good ones. There is a lot of sleepers, and so I think this can be a fun position to break down for you on today's show as you get ready for your fantasy football drafts. And if you want to get even more fantasy football information, check out Vinny Iyer's Locked on Fantasy Football, bringing you fantasy football information daily. It's a must-subscribe show as you get ready for your fantasy football season and throughout the football season. Matt, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. This is a Thursday evening as we record this, so those Thursday games kicking off, there's a lot of NFL action and some important games, the quote-unquote dress rehearsals as they call it in week three, so a lot of starters playing at least you know a first half of football, and so we'll break all of that down for you guys on Monday and some good matchups I'm looking forward to. Yeah, we get some live action here these next couple days. Um, a lot of the quarterbacks haven't played. We'll see starters play a little longer, and then next week's kind of a snooze fest. So, I mean, this one's going to be kind of fantasy-oriented, our show. Um, a lot of receivers, you know, and a lot of receiver talk coming today. Um, it's such a deep group. We have really the golden age of wide receivers, and we'll see a lot of them over the next couple of days. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's just get right into those wide receivers. And I think there's a guy who's been the most consistent the last couple of years who has pretty much wide receiver one across the board now, and he might not be the tallest, fastest wide receiver out there, but uh, I'm pretty darn sure he's got the best hands. I, w- I would take his hands over anybody's in the business right now, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. He is the consensus number one this year. Is he your number one wide receiver? He's not, but to no fault of his own. I mean, he's a superstar on a Hall of Fame pace. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. I really like that passing game. Hopkins catches everything. He's very, very proven. But as people follow me in the fantasy world, I'm a risk taker, and I don't mind guys that are, quote, injury-prone or a little more volatile, if they can maybe win me the league. And I think Odell Beckham in Cleveland could win me the league. I like that because, for me, when you're playing fantasy football, you are trying, you're not aiming for the middle. So you want to go as big as possible. And even though you know exactly what you're going to get from DeAndre Hopkins, you could go bigger with Odell Beckham. So I completely understand where you're coming from there. Yeah, I mean, I think his ceiling... I mean, again, there's a, a tier of seven, eight, nine really, really good top receivers. And again, it's a golden age of wide receivers. But man, I think if anyone, if I do a chip down of who has the chance to really just blow up and has the highest ceiling, it might be Odell. I mean, boy, did Eli hold him back. Yeah. And on a per game basis, and he's got that young gunslinger quarterback now. And I think you're getting a little bit of a discount there with you know, he's been banged up in the past, and so you don't have to draft him wide receiver one, but you could get wide receiver one payout. Yes, I I agree on that, 100%. Is there anybody that you are looking at as as the guy that, let's say Beckham's gone, you're drafting, uh, Beckham looks like right now, going by the football guy's ADP, he's going basically the last pick in in the first round, first pick in the second round range, and so he's, you know, one of the top two or three wide receivers going along with Hopkins, who's going one, Devontae Adams after him, and Julio Jones is right in that mix. Uh, Michael Thomas in there as well. Is there another player that you would maybe take over some of those other names? I don't know about that. I mean, I think Hopkins would be my two, and 
for all the reasons we talked to open the show. I mean, he's very deserving to be at the top of the list. Adams is great, and it seems like most people have either Hopkins or Adams as their one. I don't know that he's as physically gifted as Odell, Julio, Tyreek, Evans, you know, Michael Thomas even. You know, like, that doesn't really worry me, but a lot of times in fantasy, when I'm really torn between two players, I break ties in terms of who's the better football player, who's the more talented player, who has the higher upside. And Adams loses those battles against these superstar receivers. But uh, he's probably my three nonetheless, but the situation is just so good. Um, But to answer your question, a guy that I'm really high on that isn't going, you know, it's probably still in a tier one type of, you know, situation for him is Mike Evans. I think that, uh, you know, he's consistent year after year. Touchdown score kind of doesn't get the recognition he deserves for what he's done over his career. And with Arians there, as much as they're going to throw, I think Evans is a real value if you can get him as the seventh, eighth, ninth receiver off the board. Yeah, and that's right about where he's going, that seven, eight, yeah. nine range, and you can almost always get him in the second round. And so if you're able to go running back in round one and you want to go wide receiver round two, Mike Evans is a fantastic target for you there and could absolutely be among the top couple of scores at the position. And I'm really interested to see how that Bruce Arians offense looks in Tampa and the Byron Leftwich offense, I guess we, we should call it as well, the play caller there as offensive coordinator for Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay. And then uh, if we're talking about that offense, I guess we got to call out a player who's been a darling for the fantasy football community for a long time, and he's still been just not quite there for that breakout, but has an awesome opportunity this year to finally be that guy, and that's Chris Godwin. The problem with Godwin for me, as much as I love him, and I've had him on my teams in the past, and actually I just uh, had to turn in some keepers for a draft I have coming up this weekend, and Godwin did not make the cut for me just because he's still the wide receiver too to Mike Evans, and I still don't know what the offense is going to look like, even though I think it's going to do pretty well for those wide receivers but you still have to pay the fourth round price for Godwin because everyone's in on him and everyone loves him. And the people who are putting out rankings are putting him high. So you have to pay a price for a still someone who I think should be in the sleeper zone. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about fantasy. Now there are sleepers like a dead term almost because everybody knows everything. We all follow all the fantasy people. There's so many good analysts out there that, you know, four or five months ago, if you had, you were doing a draft in the middle of summer, you probably got Godwin in the, eighth or ninth round, and you thought you were pulling a fast one. And the reality is you probably were. Now everybody knows about him. And if he's going, what'd you say, fourth round-ish in that neighborhood? Late four, he's yeah. A little too, yeah. He's a little too unproven for me. I mean, some of the guys his age, I would rather wait a round or two on DJ Moore or two or three rounds on Kirk or Fuller or Samuel as opposed to going all in on Godwin. And I think he's a really good player. I wish he was on my favorite team. I just don't know that he's going to be a massive producer this year. I want to get to some sleepers in plain sight, as I call them. And, and I think some of them are in the, the tier two range, but I just want to lock in our tier one right now. We're talking Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, Devonte Adams, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas. And then would you have Juju in there as well? Anybody else? That's, seven or that's eight names right yeah i would have juju and evans 
you would have them. So that'd be an eight yeah. man top tier there. And then, okay, that that's a good top tier. And I want to talk to talk to you about some guys group. who could perform in the top tier that might be quote unquote sleepers in plain sight coming up after this. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about our new sponsor, DoorDash. If you have a long day at work, tough day at school, still stuck at the office, treat yourself to a meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. And folks, I don't know, I've told you this before, but I host a Steelers uh, radio show from four to six every day. My wife works. It's awful hard for us to get dinners, you know, in our kids' stomachs. So I use DoorDash all the time now. I mean, it's just so convenient. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. It's very easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Sounds pretty simple, right? Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are 3,400,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So let me repeat that. 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So you might just find a new favorite restaurant too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states, including Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. So right now, our listeners get five bucks off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Don't forget, that's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, all one word, for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. We were talking about sleepers there, and sometimes you have to pay the price because it's hard with so many analysts out there, and nobody is an unknown quantity these days, it seems like, in the fantasy football marketplace, but... There are some sleepers in plain sight, and I think early in drafts, a player like, say, Todd Gurley was that guy because you can draft someone who could be the best player in fantasy football in the second round, potentially, just because there was so much question about his injury. And there's another guy that's been wide receiver one multiple times in fantasy football that is now in a new situation and so much wild stuff surrounding Antonio Brown. But if he's healthy and highly targeted, I mean, he's late to early third round pick right now. He could pay huge dividends and he's in that tier two range. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about him. Like, I bet he's falling in drafts because people are just going to say, I don't want the headache. I don't want to deal with him. I don't care about his feet. I don't want to hear about the helmet. And he's in a new place and he's bonkers. I don't want him. But, I mean, I watched every snap he played last year and a lot of practice. He's still awesome. <laughs> I mean, he's still a really good player. The last game he played in a Steeler uniform was in New Orleans week 16 before he lost his mind before the week 17 game. He was the best player on the field. I mean, he was uncoverable, and I know he's an extremely hard worker, so I bet that his play has not dropped off at all. His situation has, but they're going to be losing a lot. I mean, he's going to catch 100 balls like always, don't you think? I mean, unless he's sits out games or does something weird. Yeah, the one question I would have is his quarterback in the offense is his yards per catch going to go way down because he doesn't have Big Ben throwing him the ball, and I'm trying to think of any really huge fantasy performers that have broke out under Derek Carr as quarterback, and there's not very many. No, I think you're right. I think there'll be less deep balls, uh, less big plays, 
And one other note about Brown is he had a lot of touchdowns last year. And no matter what, if he was coming back here to Pittsburgh, that probably was going to regress to the mean to some point too. Speaking of Derek Carr's receivers, a guy that I find very interesting this year, and he's uh, had an up-and-down career, and his performance when he got traded to the Dallas Cowboys was phenomenal in Amari Cooper. So what kind of a per-game player are you going to get? And that's what worries me about what's happening with the Raiders offense. Is it going to be the reverse with Antonio Brown? And do we expect to see maybe something in the middle of the Raiders version of Amari Cooper and the Cowboys version of Amari Cooper? Or do you think what we saw with Dak Prescott is going to be that guy for Amari Cooper going forward? Yeah, it's a good question. I tend to lean towards Cowboys Cooper is the real Cooper. And he was inconsistent in Oakland, but he came in the league very young. Um, Drops have been a problem. Those things can lead to inconsistency. And I got to think that I know it was, you know, a little over half a season, but that was not fluky. I think Dak's a better passer than people realize. Now he has a whole offseason with his, quote, new team. He's really the by far the number one option there. I mean, including tight ends. So targets should not be a problem. I got to say, he's if we were to do a tier two, he's maybe at the very top of the list. I mean, with like a Keenan Allen, AB, who you mentioned, one the, the Vikings receivers, and actually Diggs is one of my favorites too. I really like Diggs. Uh, you mentioned a name there, Keenan Allen, is a guy I love, and I've been targeting Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper in my drafts. And in most drafts, one of those guys is there at the beginning of round three, and I love that yeah. value. And with Keenan Allen, it's just a matter of, is he going to be healthy? And right now he's a little bit banged up and he's scaring managers off, which makes him fall a little bit further, which I don't mind. And sometimes it's like, you don't want the headaches of that injured player. But for me, it's like, I love Keenan Allen. I love his situation. I know what I'm going to get from him when he's on the field. And I'm willing to press my luck a little bit with his health because uh, he's just a phenomenal player. One of my favorite players in the league and doesn't really get enough credit for how good he is. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot more to add to that, except for I think you said the word consistent. I mean, every week this guy is going to get catches. Maybe the best route runner in the league. I mean, I mean, it's super trusted, used all over the field. It's going to find the end zone a fair amount, but that's probably not his specialty. But Rivers just leans on him. I mean, yep. Rivers used to have Gates. Now he has Allen. When the going gets tough, you know where the ball's going, and he's such a good route runner. He's always open. I mean, for fantasy – if he's your number one receiver and you're loaded at running back, or if he's your number two receiver, wow. You know, I mean, he just produces week after week after week. Right. And uh, a draft I did recently, it was, I had the first pick. And so Saquon Barkley and then carry on Johnson was there in the second round. And at the turn, I got Keenan Allen on the third. And I'm thinking, why are you guys just handing me the trophy right now? This is perfect. Like it couldn't go any better <laughs> than that. So I love that sort of, and yeah, you're right. He's always open. And the fact that they run the off the passing game through him and they move him around and put him in the slot and, 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 target him heavily, and I love all those things about Keenan Allen. Uh, The two Minnesota wide receivers, you mentioned Stephon Diggs, and then there's Adam Thielen. Those guys are both, I would consider, in that second-tier range. Uh, There's T.Y. Hilton. Do you have sort of a certain ranking there with those guys? Anybody else you'd put in in the second tier if we're talking Antonio Brown, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, there's Diggs, Thielen, T.Y. Hilton. Are those tier two guys for you? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to strain to see if there's another name I would add to that. Julian Edelman um, is Edelman, in that. maybe. He yeah. was one I was thinking about, but his age worries me a little bit, and boy, the beating he takes. I mean, I, I don't know. 
you know, how effective he's going to be all year, but I would think he's in that neighborhood. I did mention Diggs before, though, as one of my favorites, and I bet if I were to do wide receiver ranks, I would have him ranked ahead of his ADP. I think he's a another phenomenal route runner. I, I prefer him to Thielen, um, and I say this a lot to my our listeners here, that if you watch Vikings All-22 Cape last year, opposing defensive uh, coordinators were more worried about Diggs than Thielen, and, and that tells you a lot. That's interesting, and Diggs is going about a full round later than Thielen, too. Late late two and late three there, so that is, uh, if you think he's better or even, that's a nice one-round value there to, to go for Diggs instead of Thielen. Yes, agreed. Um, how about Tyler Lockett? He's As ADPs go, he's going at the top of round five, and I know they don't throw the ball like crazy over there, but the fact that Doug Baldwin's targets are gone, and now we're seeing DK Metcalf getting a little bit banged up, I I like Tyler Lockett, and I'm I'm targeting him in in just about every draft. Yeah, and, and the people against him are going to say the touchdowns per target numbers are unbelievably um, skewed. I mean, they're 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 not repeatable in any way, shape, or form. They're hyster- historically good. I'm like, that's great, but he's gonna get more targets, <laughs> you know. So even if he doesn't keep up that ratio and score every X amount of small amount of targets, he's gonna get more and more targets. I mean, the rest of that offense has very little in the way of pass catchers. Um, I think Russell Wilson's probably the best deep deep, deep ball passer in the league. And yeah, Metcalf can get downfield, but Lockett's gonna get the short ones. He's gonna get the bombs. He's gonna get the scramble throws. And yeah, I know they don't have a high percentage of pass versus run. I think their defense is going to be quite bad, and they're going to be throwing more than people think. So looking at wide receivers in that round four or five range, I'm going to read through the names here, and you tell me which guys stand out to you. We already talked about Lockett and Edelman. There's Brandon Cooks, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Boyd, Robert Woods, Godwin, as we mentioned, Cooper Cup, and Calvin Ridley. It's a good group, too. I mean, this is why I'm still... Taking running backs early because yep. I gladly take all these guys in this neighborhood. Someone I think the, of that group, I think Boyd catches a ton of passes. Probably not a lot of big plays. Sort of poor man's uh, Keenan Allen with Boyd. Yeah, he yeah, plays it's a good around, call. Yeah, in the I, slot. I agree. Um, I think Brandon Cooks might be the best football player of that group. You know, explosive downfield in a good offense. It surprises me that I think like Godwin and a couple of these other guys are going ahead of him. I, I don't quite see that. I think Cooks is closer to a tier two guy than maybe any of the other ones you just mentioned there. One player that I love that is someone that you don't have to pay a huge price for, but someone who's an ascending talent who could really blow up this year. And if, say, there was an injury to Julio Jones, then forget about it. Calvin Ridley going around the mid round five range. And like I mentioned before, I'm not trying to aim for the middle. I'm looking for guys who are super talented in good offenses that could potentially blow up. I like Calvin Ridley for that reason. Yeah, I'm cool with Ridley too. I mean, I think he is, that's a pretty good group of receivers from that rookie class. And I think he's ready for a step forward. Um, I'm not sure if we've mentioned this before, but 13 of 16 Atlanta uh, games this year are indoors. Um, We know Ryan didn't Mm. travel real well last year. I think their passing attack might, you know, rival any to be the best in the league this year. I really think you know, with a better uh, offensive line, a really good quarterback, and you know the Ridley's going to see a lot of single coverage. So, um, I think a breakout year is in store. I like him a lot. 
Another player that went in that first round I want to get to here and some potential players that uh, have an opportunity to break out coming up after this. I think talent-wise, right in that Calvin Ridley range is DJ Moore in Carolina. And there's been a lot of talk about another wide receiver there in Curtis Samuel that's that's been targeted heavily in camp. And Christian McCaffrey is going to be a big part of the passing game too. And so we'll see what Cam Newton looks like after his shoulder surgery. But DJ Moore, for his talent and his ability to go both down the field deep and catch and run. Uh, I love that as a break breakout candidate. Definitely somebody I'm targeting. And then someone who has a wide open amount of targets now who's been awesome in the red zone is Mike Williams. Yeah, and I think that Carolina offense is going to be really, really good. And it's a much improved offensive line. They trade up in the draft for Little. They signed Paradis. Um, all reports on Newton are good so far. We'll see. Uh, hopefully we can find out a little bit more about that. But I think Moore and Samuel are both ready for a breakout. I'll take all kinds of parts of that Panther offense. Um, who was the other one you mentioned? I'm sorry. Uh, Mike Williams. I love Mike Williams. He's another one like Lockett that won't catch the same amount of touchdowns per target. And I wonder how much Henry hurts him, you know, like, um, especially near the red zone. But, boy, he's an immense talent. I mean, was he the sixth or seventh pick in the draft? I just know that I'm not sure that that receiving pie is big enough for him to be a wide receiver two with Allen just eating up targets and Henry there now. And it might be a situation where those receivers play up if Melvin Gordon's uh, contract holdout goes longer. And I I still have doubts it's going to go into the season, but maybe they they tweak the game plan a little bit, and there's a few more targets to be spread around in that Chargers offense. And it's interesting because two two very different players that are back-to-back here, wide receiver 26 and 27 on this list, both going in around the mid-sixth round range is Jarvis Landry and Mike Williams. One is dependent on touchdowns and his red zone value in Mike Williams. He's going to be catching the ball down the field and yards per catch are going to be higher. And then the exact opposite of that is Jarvis Landry, who's all about the PPR and probably has the lowest yards per catch just about in the league. Yeah. And Landry's not going to end up on my team ever. I mean, I think he's a little too banal. You know, I mean, he's not a big play guy. Oh, I mean, if Odell's my number one receiver, you can see why I wouldn't have Landry super high. I think he really becomes a complimentary piece now. Najoku's going to demand targets. and Landry's for somebody else, not for me. Again, that's the exact player that, like you, I am not targeting, and, and Landry won't be on any of my teams unless he, you know, it's a crazy value and he falls quite a bit, is because that's, like, I feel like you're just playing for the middle because you're not going to get mm-hmm. that unexpected more than draft value for him if you take him because you know exactly where you're going to get, and he might not get the number of targets he's seen throughout his career. Yeah, like I don't mind in the first round, even the second, taking a high-end fantasy player that doesn't have the craziest ceiling. You know you know what you're getting. It's a double off the wall to lead off the inning. That's cool, but especially down in this neighborhood, I don't want to start Jarvis Landry every week and play for second place. <laughs> That's exactly right. So we're we're basically in the seven, eight, and beyond round range. So we can get into a little bit of a deeper sleeper mode here. Are there some players that you're eyeing? I know Josh Gordon's ADP is going to rise from where he's yeah. at right now. Where do you like Josh Gordon? Where are you taking him? Probably not where I'll get him. I mean, I just wonder. He's a great addition for the Patriots. Don't get me wrong, but he's not young anymore. You know, I mean, he's it's been what since 2012 or 2013 that he was 
super productive. And I just wonder early in the year, you know, what kind of shapes he going to be in? I mean, can you start him week one? Can you start him week two? And then there's always the chance that he gets suspended again. You know, like you can't forget yeah. about that. And so, game plans for New England change so much. Let's say you, you're like, okay, well, I can't start in week one because I don't know. But you had mm-hmm. to draft him high, so you drafted him where you would draft a starter normally. And then he does have a great game. You're like, okay, cool, let's go. Let's roll with Gordon. And then the next game, the game plan is completely different. And he doesn't get as many targets. So I could see that being a headache type of player. I think the time to have drafted Josh Gordon was at the very end of your draft a couple weeks ago and hope. And then you're sitting pretty right now. Otherwise, I might be out on where you have to take him. I think he went in the fourth round in the draft I just did last weekend, wow. which, is, which is too high for me. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I'd take him in the sixth. Right, exactly. So yeah. uh, looking at some deeper sleepers, any names you like down here? I'm looking at a list. I mean, Corey Davis isn't a sleeper, but he's going later than he should, in my opinion. I was a big believer coming out of school, and I think that he's due to take a step up. Yeah, me too. Um, Anthony Miller's a name I like a lot. Uh, that's a little bit further down the list. Albert Wilson, I think, will be the slot guy in Miami and will nickel and dime you to death. There's a late guy that you can start. I think Jamison Crowder's kind of in that neighborhood, too, in that same mold. Um, oh. If you really want to roll the dice, your boy Jalen Hurd excites me. Is like a late round pick. Yeah, very end of your drafts. Uh, the Crowder yeah. one I like because he's basically your poor man's version of Landry. Skip Landry at his ADP. Take Crowder much later, and right. you could get potentially the same the same offensive coordinator that used to pump targets to Landry in the slot is now coaching Crowder, and apparently that's the role he's looking at for the New York Jets. So that's you know maybe a cheap way to get some. Some points per reception late in your draft. Here's a name I'll throw out to you. A guy I'm targeting because of my strategy is to go big, and I'm not aiming for the middle. And he's physically talented. He's got a great quarterback. That's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And he looks like he's locked in as that wide receiver, too, for the Packers. Yeah, he's not super cheap, though, in drafts. I mean, the the secret is out for sure. Rodgers has, you know, uh, talked him up quite a bit without even people bringing up his name. He is big and fast. Uh, downfield field stretcher, and Geronimo Allison will be their big slot. He'll be their Sanu, where Valdez Scantling will be the downfield threat. I do think there's a breakout coming, and but I think he's going like eighth roundish, something like that. Does that sound about right to you? Uh, this what I'm looking at. He's going late nine, which I still okay. like, but yeah, yeah, but that has even creeped up from where it used to be. And, and your draft may vary, and maybe he does go higher if people are looking for that sleeper type of player with some upside. Yeah, I have one that's a deeper sleeper that you could probably get 12th, 13th round. I liked what I saw from Traquan Smith a lot in, in New Orleans. He's also a size, speed guy, um, great quarterback, great system, going to live in single coverage. So he's somebody I might nab just like in the last rounds. I love that one. You know who, who's been getting a little bit of pub recently out of Jacksonville is DJ Chark. He went high in the mm-hmm. draft last year, and he's immensely talented, 6'3", and can flat-out fly. Uh, his development went slow as a rookie, but that's an interesting one, and, and you're getting him late, 15th, 16th round. Not a lot of competition for targets there, obviously. I mean, like, if I bet, I would say D.D. Westbrook will probably lead the team in receptions, but Chark's going to have the the highest, you know, uh, average depth of target and per catch average. Big play guy. And again, I mean, he's going to be on the field. Another name here that's sort of in that vein, I was talking about a poor man. If you're looking for PPR later in drafts, I like Adam Humphreys in Tennessee. Yeah. 16th round. 
Uh, I like maybe Albert Wilson, although I'm still not sure about that offense. But again, you can take him in the last round of your draft. If you don't like what you see, you can filter through on the waiver wire uh, in the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, If I'm drafting super late, trying to throw some darts out there, you like Jalen Hurd from the 49ers. I'm a little bit worried about what we've seen so far this preseason from Dante Pettis. I thought for sure he was going to be that breakout guy. Uh, His sophomore season, at least so far, in the preseason is not going as as swimmingly as I thought, even though I think he can still separate with the best of them and there's some breakout potential. I just don't like the price there because he was everyone's darling breakout guy this year. I might go with the other rookie in San Francisco and Debo Samuel just because I love his run after catch ability. He can get deep, and I think at some point midseason he's going to be a starter and he could potentially be the number one guy there by the year's end. Yeah, that's another good one for sure. There's a lot of talent there. Was really impressed with his college tape. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Miko um, Hardman's another rookie that just it probably be very hit or miss week to week, but there's going to be some hits. Here's another good one that I like, and he's going in the 14th round range, and he could be the number one wide receiver in Buffalo. And I know it's not going to be a super high volume passing game, but John Brown is is a screaming value here. Yeah, I'm shocked he's going that late. I mean, like. I I thought he was a I think he's a really good football player and an underrated one. I thought he'd get even more money on the free agency market. That Bills offense is coming together. I mean, you you add what seven offensive linemen in the offseason and I know Allen's not going to be super accurate, but they do throw deep a lot. I think Brown will be good on scramble plays and I, he's the receiver I like there and Um, I do kind of like Robert Foster as well, but I think Brown's clearly the number one target in Buffalo. And we can throw ADPs out there, and it's always different in whatever league you're playing in, but just for some real-life drafts here, uh, a lot of the names we're throwing out there, I was able to get late. uh, Jameson Crowder in round 11, Mm -hmm. John Brown I got in the 12th, and your guy that you mentioned, Anthony Miller, the very last pick in round 15 in my most recent draft. So uh, that's why you're going wide receiver, or that's why you're going running back early this year, in my opinion. Yeah, that's why I am. I mean, I, I certainly am. I may even go running back with my first three picks if I can start one as a flex and get those guys that are getting a lot of a lot of carries um, because there's late round receivers. I mean, some of these guys you mentioned, some of these slot dudes, Adam Humphreys, like you mentioned, you get them for nothing, and they're going to get ten targets a game. <laughs> you know, they're not right. dynamic targets, they're not great targets, but they're a lot of action. But you could put them. You, you could draft guys at wide receiver round. 12 through 15 that you're putting in your lineup week one, not so much the case at running back. No, not at all. And these receivers, like you mentioned, they won't hurt you. I mean, are they Odell and Holio? Of course not, but they're going to get targets. There's always three receivers on the field in the NFL nowadays. There's a lot to go around. Yeah, I'll take Jamison Crowder and John Brown and you know use them when I have to. I love it. Matt, we're out of time here. Uh, any other last names you want to throw out there before we shut this one down? Christian Kirk's a guy I'm going to get a lot. Oh, good one. I, I, yeah, I'm a believer in that offense. I know week two wasn't pretty, but I think there'll be a lot of volume. I like his talent a lot. Christian Kirk, for where he's going, will end up on my team a lot. That's a great call. I love it. Matt, thank you so much. We're out of time here. I hope that helped you guys out in your uh, wide receiver portion of your fantasy football drafts that are probably coming up here in the next week or two. And again, you can check out Locked on fantasy football with Vinny Iyer. If you want even more fantasy football content for your podcast machine, however you collect your podcasts 
Find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL. We'll be back Monday breaking down all of the week three preseason action.